Hello and welcome to episode three of our Adventures in Retirement podcast. It's now Saturday. Um, we've been in Paris since Wednesday. The uh, problems with the language seem to be sort of getting a bit better. We seem to be getting by. I managed to go out and get croissants and various other things that I want when I do lingerie. Uh, but today you asked me to, while I was out, to get some cleansing face wipes, um, which yeah. is very optimistic of you, really. It was, yeah. It was uh, just on the off chance. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> we've got multi-surface wipes yes, well, that I ha- have a name in French. Yes. Well, I had a look <laughs> at that, and it's uh, lingettes or lignettes, and we disagree on how that's pronounced anyway. Nettoyant et dégraissement. Which I mean something and degreasing, I presume. Yeah, well, I don't want to degrease. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I, anyway, I, I gave it a go. I said, I'll have a look at a pharmacy and a couple of supermarkets. And uh, there's all kinds of things, women's products. Um, not one of them said words like visage or lavage or even nettoyant. Um, <laughs> so I was a bit lost. I did find some uh, lignettes. Um, but I didn't know whether you wanted them to hydrate or dehydrate uh, or take makeup off. Um, and I think I could find things that looked like they were doing them. And then I thought, why am I looking for products for you when I wouldn't know what to do in English? Um, um, play to Dave, yes, yeah. I did give it a go. Um, particularly as, I mean, Clara, who was, <laughs> who was still hoping to meet, she said recovers in time. Um, from her COVID, uh, when she was a student with us in Manchester, she did an exhibition about the difference between Manchester, difference between Manchester women and Parisian women, about how much product and makeup um, they use, and I didn't really fully understand very much of that. Um, so, but it seems that Parisian women use an awful lot of different types of product, and I have no idea what you wanted in either French or English. No, I wouldn't particularly yeah. want you to, to be honest. Uh, and then I did find something which I thought that looks like it, and then I saw the the word intime, which I thought probably translates as intimate. And I looked at the <laughs> silhouette of the uh, partial silhouette of the woman on the product, and the product around, and I thought that's not for faces. Right, yeah, um, well, well deducted. And I, I thought, well, if I go back at some of this, you, you know, you're probably just going to say, what have you done here? I don't um, But generally, getting on okay with the language when it comes to uh, boulangeries, tobacco and bar. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it was a bit of a challenge that I didn't do it deliberately, you know, like in fairy tales where the princess's dad set a task. The would-be suitor. Oh, well, I did say... <laughs> Go uh, and get some face wipes. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I did say the Monty Python on that, and if you sent me out for 20 cigarettes, I could have managed it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, here's an update on the face wipe situation. I found them in the bottom of my bag, the ones I already had, um, or cul-de-sac, if you will. Um, What's French for? <laughs> pretty much the same, I think. <laughs> Uh, and I want to have a manicure, um, and I'll have to find out how to ask for that. But I once had a haircut in France years ago in a small village, 
and thought I'll do it all in French. And I said what I thought was, my hair's a disgrace, but I'd actually said, my horses are misbehaving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any such misunderstandings with my nails. Well, I'll let you know how I go on. We've been to Paris before several times, and times are different now. Paris is different from how it was in quite a lot of ways. Most of them, I think, better. For instance, traffic. Um, there's a lot of bikes and scooters on the roads, as well as cars. And for pedestrians, I think, I might be misremembering, but I think there's an awful lot more pedestrian crossings than there used to be. I used to feel you were taking your life in your hands to cross the road. Because there was that joke, if you want to get to the other side of a French road, you have to be born there. <laughs> yes, that's true. And that's not really the case now. Well, I've, I've found um, that it's quite interesting because there's an awful lot more with the bikes, with those stand-up scooters and mm. cars and motorbikes and mm. motor scooters. There seems to be an awful lot more traffic. But mm. I actually think they're really skilled. Um, because they seem to be able to weave in and out of things without killing anybody. And as a pedestrian, you look around and you don't know. You, it looks like the guys on bikes and scooters and even sometimes motorbikes really don't seem to care whether they're on the road or the pavement or a cycle. Yeah. <laughs> but they manage to sort of avoid hitting each other and hitting, hitting pedestrians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I, you know, people go on about French driving, but I think that overall <laughs> the level of skill is quite amazing. Mm. Um, I found that they take more notice of COVID here than in the UK. Yeah. Um, going in and out of shops, um, just walking in the streets and on the, uh, the metro. Um, it's still a minority, but there's a lot more masks being worn. Um, a lot more people, I mean, so when you, I was standing up on the metro and you, you sort of hold the bar or something like that, and, you know, this woman next to me got some tissues out between their hands and, and the, sort of, um, the, the, the bar to sort of keep yourself steady. A lot more of, of that kind of thing going on. Yeah, the more um, observance. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you sort of pass your change over you and the sort of people serving you in the shops, a lot more sort of those uh, medical gloves being used. Mm. And I went out this morning to get some um, sort of croissants. Uh, and there's a machine there. They don't take notes off yet. You don't take notes off yet. Right. You, know, you put your notes into a machine that's attached to the till and your change comes out of it and right. the person in the shop hasn't touched it. So um, in the UK, I think the government doesn't care. Uh, and maybe an awful lot of other people don't care. But here, you know, this seems to take more notice of it. Yeah, and practical steps like that, like not touching... Banknotes, because you know they're notorious for having you know uh, traveling through millions of hands before uh, they reach absolutely. where they're going, aren't they? Yes, uh, and we've noticed we have had the different views on recycling, haven't we? We have, yeah. You think there's a lot more of it goes on? Mm. I think um, maybe in certain places, but certainly in the apart hotel where we're staying yeah. which means we cook for ourselves and it, it's like an apartment um but the bins here are just 
you know, bin for the kitchen, bin for the bathroom, bin for somewhere else, but they're not divided into paper or general waste or anything else. And you can get those bins for houses, so I don't see why they can't have them here. But here, if you, you know, put your stuff in your bin, you can take it out yourself, put it in a, you know, a plastic bag and take it out yourself. Um, but if... You know, if the cleaners take it, they're not going to separate it into different Well, things. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, some places in the UK, they take all your rubbish away and then they separate it. You know, the thing is, you don't know what happens to it after that. In the streets, there's a lot more you know, sort of recycling bins and things like that. Mm. And yesterday, a gazebo appeared outside where the local people could bring little bits of electrical goods like toasters and broken microwaves and things to be recycled. Yeah. So it's different. Maybe it's not any better. But it is it's, different, it's but I do think it wouldn't be that much effort for them to have something to separate your rubbish in the flat. And then some poor cleaner isn't having to sift through it to see what's paper, what's general waste, if that does happen. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see. Like lots of people, we haven't been abroad um, since before COVID. In fact, I think we go abroad less than most people anyway, but it is five years since we last left the UK. And um, there are differences between last time we came to France and now. And I think in the world generally, we are so much more reliant on the internet. Um, we've found it absolutely essential to download apps to find out where the cheapest rooms are. That's the 21st century for you, isn't it? It is, yeah. Where the, yeah, and, you know, when buses come and go and how much they cost and all that kind of thing. So um, the problem with something when it becomes essential is what do you do when it's not available? Oh, yes. <laughs> I had problems when it was down yesterday. We did. It wasn't working in the apartment and it was the whole block. It wasn't just ours. Um, so it meant, I mean, one of the things that really upset me was that we couldn't watch Netflix, could we, which we got kind of used to watching overnight, you know. Um, and it's generally sort of baffled us that actually I've got Netflix on my phone and that was somehow transferred to the big TV screen. I know. It took us a day or so to work that one out. It was like a miracle, but marvellous, you know. Um, so when that went down, we not only couldn't do that, we couldn't use the laundress in the building because that relied on you downloading an app, which where your room was and everything, that couldn't be done. Um, and these aren't earth-shaking things, but it does show how we rely on the internet. And, and we, after all, are not young. We're having adventures in retirement. So yes. We're having to pick these <laughs> the things The clues in so. the name. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, the apps. After good, uh, because the search engines are really annoying. Because mm. you search for something and it just says, buy this, buy this, buy this, and just advertises stuff to you. Unless you want a related search, buy something else. Yes, <laughs> buy something else you don't want. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, on to more practical, mundane things. You noticed something about street names, didn't you? Well, yes, I think um, it's probably a well-known thing, but it was great to notice that we are on the Rue de Simone de Beauvoir, noted French feminist. Uh, we're round the corner from Rue Pasteur Neumeiner, um, 
think it's, it's called. Uh, I, that's true. I've struggled with his name, but an essential part of history, really. Yeah, yes. He's the uh, first that came for the Catholics, the Jews, the everybody else, and they've come to me sort of guy. And there's no one left to defend me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we also, the area we're in, just up the road, is called the Kremlin. Mm-hmm. And where's that next to on the tube station? The Maison Blanche, which, as far as I can make out, is White House. It is. You um, don't see them together very often. No, absolutely. It's really nice. <laughs> it's really good to see them. Mm. Uh, it's great. I love the way that the French always name things after resistance. Valencia, like yeah, mm. just down the road. Mm. Uh, unlike the UK, uh, where everything still seems to be named after us. 18th or 19th century slave trader. Well, they might be having a bit of a rethink about that over the last couple of summers. Right? Well, I'm, I'm all for what the <laughs> French do see. on this one. <laughs> we finished off the Paris leg of our adventure uh, by meeting up with a former student of mine called Clara Dethia, a Parisian, uh, who we met um, near Belleville Park. Mm. Went for a nice drink. That was a nice catch-up for me, first time you'd met her. Oh, she's lovely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had lots of interesting chats about oh, all kinds of events and music and work and politics. Yeah, she's originally from Paris, studied in Manchester, worked in London, um, organising of uh, classic music events. Then lost a job when uh, the event industry closed with the pandemic, came back to Paris, and it was just really nice to catch up with her. Next stop, Beauvais, and then Lille. <laughs>